Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Turn your Bible on or open your Bible. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah. I believe we're going to the 29th chapter to get started. Is it okay if I just jump straight in? Yeah. Um, Three dilemmas that every preacher goes through on Sunday morning. Um, The first one is, will it be deep enough for the mature? The second one is, will it be simple enough for those who are new on the journey? And the third one is, will it be gospel enough for those that don't know Jesus? So please, can you agree with me as we pray this morning? Father, whatever I say or do today, whether it goes over their heads or hits their hearts, would you fill in the gaps, take up the slack and cause every single person today to have ears to hear and eyes to see in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jumping in. Um, Jesus often spoke about people who had eyes but could not see and ears who couldn't hear. He also said anyone that has ears should hear what the Spirit is saying. So it's my prayer today that you would both hear and see what God is saying to you. Because you know what? Before truth can liberate, it must first penetrate. And so I'm praying that the truth of God's Word would penetrate your heart today so it can set you free. I'm reminded that Psalm 119 verse 105, it's a long psalm, hey. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You know, honestly, if you're here today and maybe it's the first time you've been exposed to someone getting up here and just focusing on preaching Scripture to you, you need to understand this. The Word of God always provides two things, location and navigation. It's a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Location, it locates you. It'll locate where you're at, but then it will navigate you. It will show you how you need to move forward into the plan of God. And I don't know about you, nowadays, wherever I'm going, I'm always using maps to tell me where I'm going, even when I know, because it gives me live updates about traffic jams I can avoid and people that want to take my photo that I don't want to take my photo, all that sort of stuff. But you know what? When navigation kicks in, you have a choice to obey or disobey. How many people like to do that? Sometimes just go in direct opposite direction to your navigation to see how it's going to get you to turn right and turn left. Turn, um, take the fourth exit at the next roundabout. That's always a sign that you're doing a U-turn. And so as the word comes forth today, just listen to this portion of scripture from Isaiah 29. It's going to be on the screen behind me. You got it on your device. Now it's not Instagram or Facebook time, just as a side note. What sorrow awaits Ariel, the city of David? Year after year, you celebrate your feast. Year will bring disaster upon you, and there will be much weeping and sorrow. For Jerusalem, that is the dwelling place of God and his people, will become what her name Ariel means, an altar covered with blood. My subject title today is The Altar of Blood. It will be your enemy. I will be your enemy surrounding Jerusalem and attacking its walls. I will build siege towers and destroy it. Then deep from the earth you will speak. 
From low in the dust, your words will come. Your voice will whisper from the ground like a ghost conjured up from the grave. If you're listening at home this morning, I'm going to ask you just to pay a little bit more attention because today I want to focus on the word first. I want to let the word do the work, actually. The word of God has a better message than my comments that will come after, although I've spent some time making sure my comments are seasoned with prayer and the spirit of God. But I want to tell you the word is stronger than my own message. And so could you just get rid of the distractions. Like I've kind of hinted to people here in the room to get rid of the distractions. Do that at home or in your car, wherever you're watching. Maybe you're watching this out of an archive. I want to tell you the word is never out of date. It's not old if you're watching this in the future. I want to tell you that it's alive and sharp and available today to make a difference for you. But suddenly your ruthless enemies will be crushed like the finest of dust. Your many attackers will be driven away like chaff before the wind. Suddenly, in an instant, I, the Lord of heaven's armies, will act for you. Now watch this, especially those of you that know your Bible, watch this. I, the Lord, will act for you with thunder and earthquake and great noise, with whirlwind and storm and consuming fire. I know you know other portions of Scripture that says there was the earthquake and the storm and the fire and the whirlwind and He wasn't in that. But right here in this portion of Scripture, God is in the earthquake, God is in the fire, God is in the storm and He's in it for you. All the nations fighting, all the nations fighting against Jerusalem will vanish like a dream. Those who are attacking her walls will vanish like a vision in the night. A hungry person dreams of eating but wakes up still hungry. A thirsty person dreams of drinking but is still faint from thirst when morning comes. So it will be with your enemies, with those who attack Mount Zion. Put it into the New Testament, with those who will attack the church. Are you amazed and incredulous? Don't you believe it? Then go ahead and be blind. You are stupid, don't you like that? I love God. I love how he talks. You are stupid, but not from wine. You stagger, but not from liquor. For the Lord has poured out on you a spirit of deep sleep. He has closed the eyes of your prophets and visionaries. All the future events in this vision are like a sealed book to them. When you give it to those who can read, they will say, we can't read it because it is sealed. When you give it to those who cannot read, they will say, we don't know how to read. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine, they honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. That word rote means the use of memory with little intelligence. Because of this, I will once again astound these hypocrites with amazing wonders. The wisdom of the wise will pass away and the intelligence of the intelligent will disappear. Whew. Breathe in. I felt like the Lord spoke to me through the filter of the cross from this portion of Scripture. Showed me very clearly an altar of blood. There is an altar of blood here today. 
And you know, if you read it as it was back in that time, it was an altar of blood that was judgment. But you know what? Into the New Testament, that altar of blood is Christ. It's a mercy seat. And we got to realize today that the sacrifice of Jesus is much greater than the shortfall of sinners. The sacrifice of Jesus is much greater than the shortfall of sinners and also the shortfall of saints. You've got to know that that sacrifice of Jesus on the altar was precious and powerful. You've got to know that today. I don't know where you've messed up or missed it in the past, but I do know that the sacrifice of Jesus can clean you up and set you free. I know that sin is a great enemy, but Jesus is an even greater Saviour. You got to under, I, I listen to some people talking about judgment today and about what God requires for holiness and who's going to make it to heaven. And I listen to them and judge myself based upon what they say. And I think, oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. But we got to understand that this altar of blood, this altar of blood where the sacrifice of Christ was laid is greater than the shortfall of man. Sin literally means to fall short. It's you and me falling short of the standard that God has for us. It's you and me falling short of the thing that God expects from us. The altar is precious, it's powerful. If you surrender on it and His sacrifice, if you surrender on it, His sacrifice will do the rest. You can use the altar to create a memorial in your walk with God. You can access the altar for restoration. You can access the altar for resurrection. I don't know what died, but God can resurrect it on the altar. God looks at you through the altar. How crazy is that? He he looks at you through the altar of sacrifice, through the altar of blood. He looks at you and He sees you in your completed state, not in your current state. I've started to discover some things as I just kind of went, you know what, I'm going to read it all again. I'm going to stop listening to this and listening to that and listening to him and listening to her and looking at the post. I'm just going to read it from cover to cover and let God speak clearly to me once again about what his plan, purpose is, what he says right now. And I discovered some crazy things. Crazy things happen when you're reading your Bible. I discovered that forgiveness and repentance are never complete. I have to read some more scripture to you. Luke 17, verse 1. One day Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be greater to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins... Rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Now, if you stop reading there, you can kind of walk away with an attitude. But you should never stop reading there. Read the whole lot. This is what Jesus, Jesus goes off and just says, you know, I might need to clarify some things here. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time, turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. 
Now, here's a good study for you to do. Go through the, the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and look at the words in red of Jesus and just pick up the times where Jesus says you must. He doesn't do it very often. Here's one place he does it. He says you must be born again. You must, like for all of us, that's one big one. We must be born again. And to be born again means to be made new on the inside by the Holy Spirit of God. To be born again means that you live for God and it's easy, you know, comparatively speaking, because He's done something on the inside. He's changed the heart. And now you've got this heart of God that just beats with His beat. And you're, you're born again from the inside out. You start again. Salvation from the inside out, right? But here He says you must forgive this guy that sinned against you and then turns and comes and asks forgiveness seven times a day. Did, did you read it with me? Did I not read it all? Forgiveness is never complete because we are fallen people. Repentance is never complete because temp temptation is everywhere. Have you noticed that temptation is everywhere? Is anyone going to help me today? Because like, I'm feeling like I'm the sinner here and you guys are the saints. I reckon we might all be in the same boat. Fellowship. Two guys, one ship. We're all in the ship together. We're all in the ship. Don't go too far with that, Claude. You're online. <laughs> Forgiveness is never complete. Because you, you and I both think that, okay, I've forgiven them. They've repented. They've said, sorry, it's done. Walk away, finished. But on the same day, they go make the same silly mistake and then they realise it and they turn from it and come back and say, sorry, no, you couldn't have been genuine the first time. You've never said this, right? You weren't authentic the first time. Why should I give you a... And if I do... But you get over it and you kind of remember it and then so it's the second time, that's cool. And then they go and do it again. Same day, people. Not next week, not next month. Same day, people. Same day. Do it again. Again! I've had enough. But I'm sorry. I've had enough. First time? Hmm. Second time? Three strikes. I even had, the Bible says three times, strike them out. I can find your scripture for it. Jesus said, even if they do it seven times in the same day, forgive. It's like, Jesus, help me. In fact, straight after this, if you read it, you know what the disciples say? Jesus, give us more faith. I kid you not, go down to the verses I'm not going to read. The next, the next line is the disciples say, give us more faith. Forgiveness is never complete. It's an ongoing, I used to say daily, but it seems like it might be an hourly thing. He makes some stunning, stunning statements. Forgive the same person seven times in one day. And we always know that when he uses the number seven, he's not talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's talking about just keep doing it until it's complete. Even when the, the same person repents seven times in the one day, I must forgive them. That means even in me, repentance is this ongoing daily, it seems hourly thing of change of heart, change of mind, change of direction. I'm constantly repenting. I'm constantly turning away from so I can turn to. All of that to say I, I am convinced. This is why Jesus told us we must be born again. 
It's only a born-again person that can live that kind of life. And here we do, we're coming into land. Ezekiel 36, verse 22. Therefore I give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. I'm bringing you back, but not because you deserve it. I'm doing it to protect my holy name, on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. I will show how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the Sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. People are going to be born again today. Some of you are going to get born again again. Clearly, right here, this was a prophecy about what Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about in John chapter 3. Nicodemus was a leader of the religious people. He was teaching people about God, but secretly he didn't even know God. And the Bible says that he went to Jesus in the dark of night. It kind of reminds me about something I was setting up in Cambodia that never happened last year, but because of the lockdowns and corona, I was talking to one of the leaders and saying, I'm going to be there and I want to meet with you, but you know about the quarantine things and how are you with that? Some people are saying they're not going to meet with me for two weeks. He says, Pastor, no, 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 not me. He says, I'll come and meet with you straight away, but I'll do it like Nicodemus. I says, what do you mean? He says, I'll be coming at night. <laughs> and here's Nicodemus who goes to Jesus at night because he doesn't want others to see that even though he's an expert, He's not in relationship with God. And when Jesus gets to explain it with him, he says, you must be born again. And to be born again, I can't choose it. I can desire it, but it's God that does it. He breathes on you by His Spirit. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.